Listeners, start your engines. Episode 30, Rob here. On this episode, Sandro Fauci from Oldie But a Goodie joins us to discuss 1999's Muppets from Space, the sci-fi-themed black sheep of the Muppet movie franchise. As always, you can find more episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and other podcatchers, as well as CrookedTable.com. Go ahead and give us a rating and review wherever you're listening to this episode. For now, let's listen to a little bit of the trailer and then jump into our conversation about Muppets from Space. The Muppets are back. They all had their place in the world. Except for Gonzo. I've always wondered where I came from, who I am. Hey, Gonzo, don't you think you ought to take a little break? You're starting to freak out the neighbors. Now, he's about to find out he's not alone. I know where I come from! I should uh, go change, okay? The mothership is calling me home! The mood is tense! My hair looks great! Welcome to Franchise Detours, where we believe no movie series travels in a straight line. On this episode, we're moving forward with our Muppets mega series, talking about 1999's Muppets from Space, which is an interesting one because it's sort of an anomaly in the Muppet franchise, I would say, which, which I'm sure we'll get into. But I'm honored to welcome back to the show, Sandra Fauci from Oldie But A Goodie. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to talk about, yeah, this it's just the odd thumb in the Muppet uh, franchise, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because the last time we had you on, I think the last time we had you on the show was for, what is it, Curse of Chucky, I believe. I think it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a franchise that also goes through seven movies, multiple iterations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, it feels like every two or three movies, they're like, okay, but let's try this. And <laughs> yeah. the, the Muppets very much kind of the same thing. Like those three, those first three, the, the ones with Jim Henson as Kermit the Frog, kind of leading the, the creative charge behind the scenes, him and Frank Oz, very involved, even one, you know, each of them directed one of those first three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jim Henson passed away. We get a couple literary adaptations uh, and then more recently, the Disney reboot, those two. But then in the middle there, they were like, I don't know, a sci-fi movie? Sure, yeah. let's let's try that. Um, so- a sci-fi movie that's, that's not a musical and is not right. about any of the characters that the other films are about. This one's about Gonzo. <laughs> right, which again, all for a movie about Gonzo. Like Definitely. I love, love Gonzo. And it's also one of only two movies that was... Uh, that is not currently on Disney Plus, at least here in the States. It's owned by Sony. So I think mm. last time I checked was on Hulu, uh, as well as um, Muppets Take Manhattan. But it's like, yeah. I feel like 
these two movies, and maybe we'll get into this in a minute. I feel like those two movies, because they're not under the Disney umbrella or are sort of the underdogs of the Muppet franchise. Do you, do you kind of get that impression? I know this one is also, this one was also less of, uh, you know, didn't really do well at the box office or anything. Yeah. I mean, I think the Muppets uh, take Manhattan is, is genuinely a really good Muppet movie. Uh, This one I really like. Um, And, (laughs) and as you mentioned, not on Disney plus here in Australia either, either, uh, but thankfully I um I've got a VHS copy from back in the day. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. So, uh, I hate watching movies on VHS, but I put it up for VHS <laughs> and I watched and I watched Muppets from Space on it. And yeah, I think you're right. It is an anomaly. It's it's an odd one, um, but it does feel it feels almost like it's taking more risks than a lot of the Muppet movies after Manhattan. Mm. I think there's a lot of risks in this movie. Like not, not not having any songs would be one. Exploring the backstory of like a legacy character would be another one. Uh, yeah. Almost going for like a sitcom element for the start of it. That they all live in a house. <laughs> I know that came up on another episode. Total another episode in this series. Totally randomly, and I was like, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's one of the, that's the first thing about this movie that sucks me in is where is the Muppet House and can I visit? Exactly. Like, the fact yeah. that they all live together, like where is the reality show, like the big brother of that house? Like, that would be great. Yeah. Like you do like, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's your, forget doing this, like off the, you know, a dot mockumentary, like the office style, like they did a few years ago. Like where is the reality show of the Muppet house? I feel like that's, that's, uh, that's kind of your way into this franchise. If you're looking for a new path. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as we see in the opening 20 minutes, there's a lot going on in that house. There's a lot of characters to follow, a lot of stories to follow. Um, so I reckon they really should have, yeah, don't bother making Muppets now. That was a disaster from the get-go. Now, what we I want know. is friends, but it's Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so you like, like you, before we get into the movie, though, tell people about your show. I want to make sure we get your plug in up front and then and then in the tail end as well. So this right now, as of this recording, you're doing 2001 uh, on Oldie But A Goodie. Explain the, the premise of your show for people that are just joining us. We are. Yeah, uh, that's a show Oldie But A Goodie where every year uh, my good friend Zach and I, we go through a particular year in cinema. Um, we kind of go through the movies in the order they came out in. Uh, we've got like a bunch of options, everything that came out that week in, you know, say 2001, we pick one movie, we do a full synopsis review. It's always a lot of fun. Granted, uh, there's a a long period where we haven't done anything good for a while, (laughs) which I think we were expecting when we were doing 2001, but it's, it's a rough year. It's a very rough year. But it has been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that's the show oldie but a goodie this year we're doing. 2001 but we've done the 80s we've done the uh the 90s before as well there's a massive back catalog on that show is there anything that you maybe hadn't seen and usually were pleasantly surprised by or something that you saw back in the day and kind of shrugged off and you're like oh actually this is pretty good that you recommend i think um we talked about it on uh i think it was my second appearance on this show but it was really good to go back to spy kids and see that it was still good nice because uh, I think we did Machete, right? Back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we so did. That was always 
fun. Uh, something that I went back to and was surprised by because I hated it the, the first time I, I saw it, but I went back to it and I rewatched it and I really enjoyed it. And it was Lara Croft Tomb Raider, surprisingly enough. <laughs> nice. It's actually kind of good, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I still yeah. don't know. At least um, gu- it's at least it's at least works as a guilty pleasure for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, and Daniel Craig is in that if I remember correctly. Uh, he is. Yeah, he's yeah. the um yeah he's the the rival a Tomb Raider because they call the Tomb Raiders Tomb Raiders in that right. movie because of course they do. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Yeah, naturally. So Muppets from Space. Um, <laughs> weird segue back. What was your introduction to the Muppets? Like you know, not only this movie, but like what is your history with these characters? When when did you really kind of uh, come aboard the Muppet fandom, as it were? Well, it would be from the parents, um, as as I think most things were. I was introduced to the Muppets very young. I was never really a Sesame Street kid. Um, I I think I'd seen episodes here and there, but it never really, really clicked with me as something that I wanted to watch more of. So I think my parents were like, right. well, doesn't like Sesame Street, I guess we'll try the Muppets from the 70s. Um, and, yeah, so, and so I kept watching the Muppet Show. I'm pretty sure the first episode I saw uh, might have been like Mark Hamill was on it or or Carrie Fisher, one of those ones. Mm-hmm. And I instantly loved it. It was, um, again, like looking back on the Muppet show, I'm not sure why I liked it as a kid because the humor is like it works for kids, but it's, yeah, you get more out of it as an, as an adult, I think, or even a teenager. But I know just young me absolutely loved it um i was also like a big a bear in the big blue house fan <laughs> as well so i loved uh practical puppets and that sort of stuff so i think i just kind of fell in love with that aspect of it and yeah very quickly got onto the movies that original trilogy fantastic but muppets from space uh i think had been yeah like recently released uh in physical media and I and I gave it a watch, and and I ended up liking it so much. The parents bought the VHS, and I and I watched it to um to death, uh, but <laughs> very quickly stopped watching it as well. But that's one thing that I noticed on the rewatch was I remember the feeling this movie gave me, but I mm. didn't remember particular moments from the movie. All I remembered was that that was that the bear was funny. And the ending had a giant spaceship. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it's been, yeah, probably like 18 years since I've seen this. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that's... First First of all, I, I'm glad that I gave you a chance to go back and, and rewatch it because I'm... <laughs> what, what an interesting perspective you're going to have having never having not watched this in 18 years. Yeah. And then secondly, I love the point you made about The Muppet Show because it's so true. Sesame Street is for kids. Mm. Muppet Show is for everyone. And I, yeah. like I put it on recently, you know, we were, we were, uh, stay, we were at my parents' house and I put it on for my almost year old as of this recording son. And my dad was there and I think he, the baby was crawling around and I think my dad was <laughs> watching him more than he was. And it's, <laughs> it, it's a testament to what you're saying. Like there's so much uh, cleverness and so much subversive humor in that show that like the older you get, the better it gets weirdly. Yeah. And I yeah, think no, that, yeah. I think the, the same can be said for, you know, for most of these movies as well. Yeah. And most of the shows, um, on top of that, I mean, Muppet Babies, I remember liking a little yeah. bit. I enjoyed the ABC office Muppet show. I think it got better over time. It started rough, mm-hmm. but I think it got a lot better. I hated Muppets now though. I thought that was very unpleasant. Um, well, it also, I think with that, it they were trying something and it feels like they didn't, 
it feels like they didn't have a vision. It feels like they were just sort of looking around and be like, what's everybody doing web series? Sure. We'll do that. Honestly, yeah. I, I kind of feel that a little bit with this movie as well. Like as much as I enjoy this movie, it doesn't, I think part of the reason it's an anomaly is because Muppet Treasure Island did, did okay, but it didn't do as well as Christmas mm. Carol. Yeah. And it was probably wasn't as well received. And so they were like, all right, well, I don't know if we want to do another literary adaptation. They looked around and they were like, Independence Day, Men in Black, you know, all these sci-fi alien movies. And they were like, yeah. we have a character that was never been defined what he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should explore that and bring some, some sci-fi elements into it. So yeah, uh, that's kind of my that's kind of my my general take on this movie. Like I think it works, but it it works almost sort of in spite of itself because it feels like it's not driven by you know, you, Jim Henson obviously is no longer around. Frank mm -hmm. Oz, this is, I think, the last Muppet movie that he's actually involved with he, before he retired from the Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he hunts his voice in post, basically, because he's out making Bowfinger and directing that movie or whatever, <laughs> yeah. um, which is a great movie. So, you know, not a bad yeah. decision. Uh, but but it's like there's not that creative vision behind it. There's more just like, okay, let's just let's try that and see if that works. Kind of throwing throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks, basically. Yeah, to a point, it kind of feels like a studio movie. Like, they're like, we need a Muppet film to have a Muppet film out. What can we do? And they kind of worked backwards right. from needing a f movie to exist. But it 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 works. It kind of works. There's some stuff in here that doesn't work necessarily. But I think for the most part, it's a fun, as yeah. you mentioned, like Men in Black kind of X-Files even with yeah. all the conspiracy theory stuff that Gonzo gets into. I loved all that. It's it's really fun, and it surprisingly holds up. I wouldn't say it's great, uh, but I would say it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I do enjoy it as well. I, I like uh, not only the, the way that, that they try something different, but I like that it's... All of these movies, there's no... There's not really a consistent canon. Mm. They're just like... You know, the first one is is how they got together. The second one is like them as themselves, but starring in a movie. Yeah. Essentially, that's what it starts. Like, hey, a movie starring everybody and me. Um, and then uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, they're college students, you know. And then so here, it's they're, they're just Kermit and Piggy that we know, kind of. I, but, but yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm it's like, like <laughs> but, but they're not putting on shows. They're just living in a house and Kermit's like, you know, dealing with, you know, uh, maintenance people and <laughs> piggies, piggies, a coffee pig at a talk show. Like the reality of the Muppets lives clearly, clearly here they're Kermit and piggy and not, you know, Bob Cratchit or whatever different things. So there are those characters. Uh, but the reality of their lives is this is, this is a version that we haven't ever seen before. Really? Yeah. For me, for really all the original, I guess, six movies before the Disney takeover, it is right. um, them as actors playing versions of themselves in the movie, I think is kind of how I view this movie. Like it is, and maybe it's this, maybe it's Piggy and Kermit's sellout era. Maybe that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That makes sense. <laughs> maybe the Muppets have sold out and they made a sci-fi movie. <laughs> I don't know. They should have put um, a scene in there where they're like, she's like, Kermy, we have to make a, an alien movie. <laughs> Look at the box office. Like she brings like a copy of variety over to him. You put that scene yeah. in like the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like yeah. why are there Muppets? Why are there aliens in this movie? Because it's called Muppets from space, piggy or whatever. Like, I don't know. That's the other thing. There's no, there's not really that meta humor. That's another thing this movie is lacking. Even yeah. the, you know, the literary adaptation, the treasure Island and Christmas Carol, those obviously played it more straight. 
Mm. Uh, then the first three, which were all every two seconds, they're like, hey, we're in a movie, that kind of thing. Well, Muppets Take Manhattan, I think, was a, a step away from that. Yeah, but this movie, even more so, they, they don't really break the fourth wall much at all uh, uh, or, yeah, or yeah, acknowledge yeah. that they're in a movie or any of that stuff. Yeah, I can't think of any examples when they do do that. So I think you're right. I don't think they mention it really at all. Even in the credits, there's nothing um, yeah. from them. I think really. the closest you get, and this is the uh, probably the element of this movie that dates it the most, is the uh, Joshua Jackson, Katie Holmes cameo from <laughs> playing their characters from Dawson's Creek. That is uh, one which, thing I've noted down was how many late 90s references are in there. And right. It makes um, it slightly better but it is less timeless than the films from the 70s and 80s definitely definitely uh but in that scene she's like oh they're like oh too bad dawson's not here it's like one of his sci-fi movies and and pepe who we'll get to in a second uh <laughs> pepe is like no this is a muppet movie it's much much more romantic or whatever oh, and he's yeah. like putting the moves on katie holmes because that's that's pepe's mo uh <laughs> this is also the and i am sure he popped up in muppets tonight or something briefly but this is i would say the introduction the proper introduction of pepe the, the prawn uh, who has now since gone on to become one of the the core Muppets, I'd say. Like you got the Kermit, Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, you know, the Electric Mayhem. And then it's like mm. Rizzo, Pepe, you know? Yeah. Uh, Pepe is yeah. like in that, in that uh that that lineup now. Uh yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on Pepe as a character and the way he's used here? I yeah, I mean, I was always uh, I've always kind of watched the earlier Muppet stuff more. So when it comes to characters like Pepe, yeah, he's there. I guess I kind of put up with him a lot of the time. Uh, he gets some funny jokes now and then. I think yeah. I liked him in the in the Office style show. I think he worked quite well in that. Um, from memory, that was like when I first kind of took notice as, oh, this guy's kind of funny. <laughs> it's but, weird yeah, because like, they pair him uh, in, in you know, the earlier part of the movie, they pair him with Rizzo who is also kind of that like disinterested smart ass character. Yeah. So it's like, it's like Pepe out Rizzo Rizzo. And so it almost makes Rizzo redundant, I guess, in a way. So it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic to put those two characters together uh, as co-conspirators with the whole jacuzzi thing and all that. That's true. Yeah. And uh, Rizzo from memory as well, also like some, being a bit flirtatious, particularly in mm-hmm. Muppets Take Manhattan. So yeah, Absolutely. Out, of a, out of a team up, that's quite a horny duo you've got. There, <laughs> <laughs> there we need the sitcom of those two living in like uh, a New York, uh, a New York high rise or whatever. Like, you know, give me the like, uh, <laughs> give me the 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 wild and crazy guys style uh, sitcom yeah. of these two living their bachelor pad. Like that, I would watch too. Yeah, uh, uh, you get um. Uh, oh, I, I was going to make like a two and a half men joke, but it's it's two Muppets and someone else, but I can't think of anything. But, you know, <laughs> let's just move on. That's a bad idea that doesn't need to happen, actually, thinking about it. Let's not make that happen. <laughs> the only closest thing they have to a, a kid is, uh, I guess, Robin, Kermit's nephew. And I don't I don't want Robin. Poor sweet Robin doesn't need those two looking after him. That That's that's <laughs> <laughs> that that's gonna needs too much trouble, but Although, but I do love. Isn't Robin yeah. Sheldon as well? Like the live action version of Robin is Sheldon or something? No, that's uh, that's Walter. That's, oh, in that's the, Walter. The, yeah, Walter was the other one I was almost gonna think of. It was like basically a boy, mm. uh, you know, kind of coming into like a kid coming into the Muppets world. 
but I do love the idea. We're, we're joking about Pepe Rezzo spinoff, but I do love the, I, I do love that the focus here turns to Gonzo. That's one of the, mm. I think the, the best decision they ever made was to let's do a Muppet movie, but have Gonzo be the, you know, the central character, even though a lot of this part, this film, he's sort of in captivity and kind of trying to escape talking yeah. to a sandwich and all that stuff. Um, it's, <laughs> it, he, he drives the entire story. He is the story of this movie in the way that in the first one it's Kermit and the in great Muppet caper, you know, my guest and I argued that Miss Piggy is essentially the main character of that movie in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. uh, I think he, here you get Gonzo as kind of taking center stage. And so I love that shifting of the spotlight to the other Muppets a little bit. Yeah, and I always found it interesting with this movie. Um, even as a kid, I was like, but Gonzo's a turkey. Like, why is everyone saying, like, what is Gonzo? Why is he so interested in in knowing where he's from? He's a turkey, isn't he? Um, <laughs> which I always found really interesting. But uh, yeah, revisiting the movie, it's great to have a film from the perspective of, again, like you kind of mentioned how this is the underdog Muppets movie. I feel like Gonzo is the underdog Muppet. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. Like, people like him, but no one really loves that. Like, no one's like, ah, yes, Gonzo's my favorite Muppet. But when you watch the Muppet show, a lot of the the bigger laughs come from Gonzo's segments. So, yeah, have a whole film about him. It's amazing that it took this long because I, I don't think he's got much of a presence in those original Muppet movies, does he? He just like, kind of tags along and then yeah. occasionally sees a chicken he wants to chase or, or wants to, you know, get shot out of a cannon or whatever. Like that's kind of his, yeah, he's, I, I, I do think Muppet, um, Gonzo has, has grown in, uh, you know, popularity over the years. I feel like more and more people have been like, have been gra- gravitated to him because he is, you know, air quote weird. He is the oddball, even in this group. Mm. where they can't even define what his species is. And that's sort of a running thing. So I, I like that this movie addresses that head on. I, I love that it, it weirdly opens with a Noah's Ark dream. Um, <laughs> that was something which I wrote like, down. What? Every I, time I, I, like, I know about it. And I've seen this a bunch like you, uh, but every time I watch it, I'm like, Oh yeah, it opens with this weird. <laughs> it's very odd. It's an odd dream sequence. That was the first note that I wrote down was all caps. Noah question mark exclamation mark. <laughs> That's just how I opened my notes. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Um, yeah, like you you boot it up, and I guess if you had no idea what the movie was called, you could be tricked into thinking that maybe this is Muppets Noah's Ark from the get yeah. I mean, they just done Treasure Island. The next logical step is the Bible. <laughs> I guess. Well, which I would watch a historical epic for with the Muppets too, by the mm. way, if that's, if yeah. we were going to do like gladiator Muppets or something. So <laughs> yeah. I, I like the idea of putting them in sort of a, you know, maybe not a biblical epic because <laughs> yeah, uh, too, that's probably a bad idea <laughs> for on m- multiple levels, but yeah. uh, putting them into like a, some kind of a period, environment again like they kind of did in the in those other two literary adaptations it doesn't even have to be based on one of those but like a history of the world part one style story with the muppets like i'd be down for that i'd like that or maybe like the first thing that came to mind as you were uh talking about that was like the hateful eight but all muppets aside from samuel l jackson or something <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you watch samuel l. jackson continue to squirm for 90 minutes because he can't drop an f-bomb about the <laughs> yeah it's like ah exactly it's like it's so close <laughs> even even marvel has gotten him like halfway there where he like they have to turn him to dust halfway through the f-bomb or whatever <laughs> yeah, um, exactly 
Um, no, but, but I, yeah, so I love that opening, even though it's unexpected and weird, uh, to see it. And, and again, it, 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 the fact that it is kind of off putting fits again, a Gonzo movie. Cause you're like, wait, mm. what's he going to do now? <laughs> There's yeah. uh, in one of the movies in Muppets Most Wanted, he's like doing, cause I've just recently rewatched that for, for this show. Uh, he's doing like indoor running of the bulls. Like he's always coming out with some crazy idea. And so the fact that a movie, a Gonzo movie would start with a Noah sequence, like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, it does make sense, actually. <laughs> but, but it also underlines the, the emotional through line of the movie, which is the fact that he feels alone. There is no one else like him. Yeah. And the fact that in that one moment, he's, Noah's like, what are you? Like, what is your species? He's like, I don't know. I'm just a whatever. And it, it highlights the kind of heartbreaking side of of gonzo's story which is again that like that heart that poignancy that that the muppets is known for beneath all the all the chaos and you know anarchic sense of humor so you have that moment where you're like oh we're gonzo and then he hands him a little ass umbrella he's like you might not that you might want this um yeah. I, so i love that i love that they you know right out the gate they're just like we're gonna we're gonna point out the uh the whatever in the room and just uh you know lean into the fact that all the pictures in the house of everyone with their family members and Gonzo on a beach by himself. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I love that. I love the emotional part of it. Yeah, no, it's good. And Noah as well is played by F Murray Abram from Amadeus, uh, which is funny that he's in a Muppet movie. I don't know. I just find it (laughs) funny that he's in here. (laughs) You'd be surprised who shows up in these things. I mean, Orson Welles, ever since Orson Welles showed up at the end of the Muppet movie, I think people were just like, yeah, it's going to, you never know. It's going to be whatever, like at this point. Yeah. Um, Well, speaking of the cameos, there are a bunch. There's one in particular that doesn't age well at all. Uh, And I think you probably know which one I'm talking about. uh, I'm blanking on it. Tell me, let Uh, me know. The Hulk Hogan um, cameo is i mean first of all it's a bad joke like the joke is that he's doing his wrestling thing and going i'll i'll beat you or whatever i can't remember the exact quote but all i remember was thinking oh that's i will make your liver quiver or whatever (laughs) like he has a whole he has a whole spiel about yeah well i think around that time he 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 changed his uh his name to hollywood hogan so even and then and then dropped it i think at some point i'm not a big wrestling person so i think he changed his kind of his uh stage name a bit and then dropped it at some point. So even for wrestling fans, that's incredibly dated. And I believe he also did sort of turn into more of a bad guy uh, on stage. So I think this was kind of reflecting what was happening in his wrestling career. But it, you're right. It's also, it's like, uh, it's like when you watch Space Jam and you're like, mm. wait, he played baseball? Like around, at the time, he did really quit yeah. you know, basketball to play baseball and then came back. But watching that now, you're like, wait, what is, why is he doing this? That doesn't make any sense. It must be, they must've made this up for the movie. You know, I think it's one of those, it's one of those situations (laughs) where it's, it captures such a brief moment in this person's life and career that now looking back at it as we are today, we're like, that doesn't make any, oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. And it's small stuff like that, that does date this movie a bit, I think. But I, I like that. I like going back to older movies and, seen all the weird like the references that they make that don't make any sense now and you're like kids they're not gonna understand this and i like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, no yeah yeah Uh, but i think the best cameo might be david arquette for me i like david arquette in this yeah i i think uh it's it's funny to see him working with muppets uh, because he feels like that kind of that kind of actor that 
for some reason gels perfectly in this world because their persona is already so over the top. Yeah. You know, and then in the next movie we get Jack Black who gets kidnapped for the Muppet show, which is like, That's of right. course, Jack Black is a human Muppet. He's always like, like loud and like Adam Sandler or Jim Carrey, like those kind of huge comic personas that you're like, of course, like Steve Martin. It's the reason Steve Martin was on the Muppet show, was in the mm. Muppet movie and shows up periodically. Uh, I think that he, he gels particularly well with the Muppets here. And then even better. And uh, it's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie, which is a TV movie from 2002 that I also enjoy. Uh, yeah, okay. with David Arquette as like uh, an angel, just kind of an, it, it's a, it's kind of an, it's a wonderful life situation with Kermit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that, that one. There's a lot of the TV movies that uh, we just didn't get here in Australia. And that must be right. one of them. Uh, yeah. Along with the wizard of Oz, uh, which I could go back to now, but I don't think uh, I will. Don't do that. Um, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he's great in this uh, kind of Shawshank series of events uh with Rizzo when he's captured and experimented on in the uh in the military base that was a great series of events um the tunnel is hidden behind a mice girl's poster of course it is <laughs> <laughs> which comes back because that's at the very start as well uh, we see Rizzo wait uh working out in front of that poster and so yeah. you know it's a nice I do it all um, for you ladies or something like that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so it's nice that <laughs> uh they then call back to that later on <laughs> yeah it's like several movies in one i think is mm. what we're getting at here there's the sci-fi thing there's there's like the prison sequence there's uh it's yeah it, it really toys with the notion of what a Muppet movie is. And I think that, like you were saying earlier, I think that's probably one of the most admirable things about this film is that it's like, you know what? These are all the rules. Let's just try something different. Let's, yeah. you know, and whether it works or whether it doesn't, obviously the box office receipts, it didn't at the time. <laughs> yeah. But I like, I think there are, there are people like us who have gone back and, and appreciated this a little bit more. I, I don't think it's quite the mess that people see people seem to think it is the humor like we were saying is more it feels more aimed at kids it feels more mm. uh sort of slapsticky and, and less character based than some of the other stuff uh yeah but there's a lot of puns uh yeah <laughs> yes, as well so <laughs> um but like you said we get the, the muppet house up front we get them kind of doing a a group thing which i i hope that's something they do every morning because i'm gonna stop by <laughs> and uh, I expect them to burst out into brick house uh, or something of that nature. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, you can't, you can't fault. I'm never going to not like a movie that starts with the Muppets in like a group dance number. Oh, uh, of course not. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, it's great. like you get Muppets in a group and I'm like, God damn it, movie. <laughs> you got um, me. I'm in, I'm, I'm in I'm, for the rest of this, whatever happens. I'm take me, it. take me on a ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's one thing actually that I, I noticed at the very start is I think it was happening for a while in the lead up to this movie, but Rolf is mm -hmm. not in this at all. It feels yeah. like he's completely been sidelined. I, I haven't seen Treasure Island in particular in a while, but is he in that a lot? I don't think he is, I, is he? I don't think, I think he maybe pops up for like two seconds, but yeah, I think uh, the next one, the, the reboot is when is the first time he has a line in a long time Yeah, uh, in one a, of the movies. And I think it's because Jim Henson used to perform that character. And so they were mm. just like, maybe they didn't recast it. Maybe at that point they had, you know, the, 
as we were saying with Pepe sort of coming in and now becoming such a central Muppet from this point forward, there's only so many. So after a while, some of the, some of them start to fade a little bit and have to be revived. There's a joke about that in, in the Muppets most wanted where, where they're talking about oh, how they spent a whole movie bringing Walter into the Muppets. And then Rizzo's like, yeah. And sometimes at the expense of other more beloved characters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's definitely that that happens. And I think unfortunately Ralph is one of those that kind of, got lost a little bit, but you know, I, I do, I'm, I, I feel like Ralph is, uh, is one of the Muppets that some people have stand up for like low key, like Ralph is like, yeah. Ralph is the, the people's Muppet, I guess is what I'm saying. Because I would agree with the, that. When you introduce a Muppet and he's singing a whole song about like, man, <laughs> the dating world out there, like he does with Kermit <laughs> in the Muppet movie. Yes. He's like, it's rough. He's like, stay away from women. That's my motto. It's like, I can't <laughs> either. That's my trouble. And then he's like, Oh yeah, I, I just keep it simple. I do go to work, go home, have a couple beers, <laughs> take myself for a walk and go to bed. And like, all right, Ralph's just a simple man trying to make his way in the universe to, yeah, exactly. uh, to borrow yeah. from another Disney owned property. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I've always been a, a big fan of Ralph. Um, yeah. but yeah, you're right. Like not having Henson there to, to voice the character. I mean, a lot of the characters that Henson voiced, um, in particular Kermit for me, I I don't love Steve Whitmire's Kermit voice in this movie, personally. Mm-hmm. I've never really been a, been a big fan of him. And that's always kind of why I find it hard to go back to Christmas Carol and Treasure Island because when he kind of steps into the role, to me, it all like it always sounds like a Kermit impersonation. It's not actually Kermit. Um, right. Yes, so that's something that really stood out to me on this rewatch was remembering uh, how Kermit sounds in this movie. But saying that he's not like he's he's not a main character here. Yeah, so it's exactly not really important in the end. You know, well, that, and that's the thing. I feel like in until like most of the post Henson like Muppet movies, Kermit uh, in Christmas Carol, Kermit shows up how like he he, he's in the movie but he's not the focus he's he's sort of intermittently pops in as bob cratchit in treasure island he takes like a half hour for him to come into it it's really more about uh long john silver and jim hawkins and uh rizzo and and uh, gonzo again is like his sidekicks and then (laughs) in this movie like kermit leads the rescue mission and he has a couple like couple sort of heartfelt moments with gonzo and things like that but it's I, I Steve Whitmire kind of gets gets grandfathered in because I've seen Christmas Carol so much over the years, mostly that one. Yeah. Uh, that I'm like, yeah, I'll allow it. But now, how do you feel about Matt Vogel's take on Kermit? That's obviously much newer, but the idea with that with his version was supposedly to to bring it closer to Jim Henson's version of the character. Yeah, I I, I remember not minding it. I think is he did he voice. Kermit in Muppets Now he didn't, did he? That was like he left. I, I oh, think no, no, no. Muppets, no, he did. Muppets Now he did. Yeah, it's uh, the 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 Muppets the show from 2015. That yes. was still Steve Whitmire. That was like the last thing I think the that last big Whitmire. project before he was let go. Okay, okay. Um, well then f- I I don't. Oh, again, I watched one episode of Muppets Now and was like, I'm not <laughs> continuing. You're like not into this. <laughs> but I think I think the Kermit part I actually liked. Okay. Because the, there was a short Kermit segment in that first episode from memory right. uh, where he's tormented by Piggy, I think. <laughs> and yeah, like the the characteristics I think were pretty good, but but the voice is still slightly off. But I think I do prefer it over Whitmire. 
but saying that, I like Kermit in the the two Disney movies as yeah. well. Like I think Whitmire kind of came into the character a bit more with those movies. And I mean, that's what, 12 years after Muppets from Space was was yeah. the big reboot. So yeah, yeah like over <laughs> time, I think he got better. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. Uh, it's there, there because that character is so iconic and everyone has Kermit the, you know, Kermit the Frog voice in their head of what he's supposed to sound like. Yeah. I think it's, it, it, yeah, it, it, you can definitely tell the difference between Henson and Whitmire, obviously. And I think with both Whitmire and Vogel, when they started, it seems like they were like inching into giving them more and more to do. I think Matt Vogels made his debut as Kermit in like a, a YouTube like short that they were, cause they were doing like Muppet moments or whatever. Uh, and then, they, and then uh, Muppets now, and then even in Muppet Haunted Mansion, he's, he's in it here and there. But again, that's a Gonzo centric story, uh, yeah. which, you know, go with Gonzo and Pepe. So I guess they got, they got to that point where, now in this one, Ralph's not in it because of Jim Henson isn't around anymore. And mm. then because Steve Whitmire was like, Oh, he was the originator of Rizzo. So I, <laughs> I think that's why in, in haunted mansion here in this movie, they keep up the Gonzo Rizzo sort of pairing uh, that worked so well in, in Muppet Christmas Carol and in Muppet treasure Island. And then yeah. in Muppet's haunted mansion, Steve Whitmire was Rizzo. Now he's not around. So I don't even know if they've recast Rizzo. So instead Bill Beretta got to push Pepe up into the code that into that 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 uh, you know sidekick mode with uh, with Gonzo and like we were saying Rizzo and Pepe kind of there's the the overlap is pretty large for their characters I think they're yeah. both they're both pretty uh, horny I guess is the way to <laughs> yeah. say it yeah, yeah. even though this is, even though they're Muppets you know hey they have the Muppets have needs too yeah. Um, yeah. I think Rizzo's more driven by food and and Pepe's Pepe is more driven by fame. Mm. I think that's the only thing like Rizzo's like, Oh, a buffet. And then Pepe's like, Oh, I want to go to the parties. You know, he wants, <laughs> yeah. he wants to, he wants to rub elbows with famous people and get the monies. Yeah, and that's exactly. his thing. So other than that, like there's, they're like 60%, you know, the same vibe. So yeah. I think it says a lot that they just swapped one in for the other. in <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah so I, I like that they, they, they keep the Gonzo Rizzo thing going here. They're roommates and all that. Uh, I, I like I love the, the the little glimpses that we get into their what this movie considers their normal lives. Yeah, where Gonzo is just like performing at events, like oh, I got a bar mitzvah to perform at, but you know the the uh, the Electric Mayhem are going to cover for me, and they're like <laughs> shalom as they <laughs> run by the camera. Um, good, yeah. So I I love to see what everyone's doing to make a living. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that's their roles in this little Muppet society. I think it's really funny. Yeah, I love, I will always really enjoy Miss Piggy working uh, on, a, on a TV show, just getting coffees and everything. Although Rob Schneider being there does, does uh, I don't know, just whenever I see him in anything, I just I just get flashbacks to, to the bad films. The bad, <laughs> the, the many bad films he's in. I was going to say, which, there, which so, bad know. films? <laughs> no, all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, there's a there was a run there that young 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 people today today's teens might not realize, but Rob Schneider had like a run of like the two dudes Bigelows because I was working at him. I worked at a movie theater in the early two thousands, oh, yeah. and I, so I was there when like the animal was out, like the hot chick and all this we, other stuff. I was like, yeah, we covered the animal on Oldie Buddy Goody, and one of the worst, if not the worst, <laughs> film we've done this year. <laughs> Oh boy. Just just very unpleasant and gross and not funny. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's kind of Rob. Rob Schneider works in small doses as a supporting mm. as a supporting character in here or like in in Demolition Man. I think he's kind of funny in there because you know uh, in, in certain things for for a brief periods and then he pieces out. Like in in some of the Adam Sandler movies, the ones that are decent, I think he can work, but in very small, you gotta you gotta season your movie with very little bit of Rob Schneider. Otherwise, yeah. You get the animal is what you get. Um, oh, yeah. You never want the animal. Uh, you, you, you never want the full animal from, from Schneider. You never go full animal. <laughs> Not the animal from this movie. We love animal in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> animal is... Uh, I, I love that uh, animal is the wild card that they chose for the rescue mission because, as we were saying, you know, the main ones, Gonzo's already taken by uh, Covnet. Yeah. Uh, you have Kermit, Piggy, Fozzie, naturally. Uh, Pepe, because because the Muppet Studios are like we got to work in our new character, yeah. And then Animal is just like tags along and and uh, you know apparently falls gets Kathy Griffin to fall in love with him, yeah. Uh, which which is another really funny cameo where she's like, "I need you." Um, that whole yeah. thing is great. It is funny, but again, anyone now, like anyone, maybe born after two thousand five. Watching this is going to be like, yeah. oh, it's just who the hell is that? It's just a background actor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love as well. I love small cameos like that. That um, and Ray Liotta as well is the guard. Yeah, uh, is the guard that they've got to get through. And Piggy has the um, the the oh, oh I don't even know what like how to describe it. The obedience spray or something. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a a love spray potion. Like get basically they'll do anything you say, kind of yeah. Yeah, and Which, she's like, and she's like she, she like goes to get it and she falls over and she's like not like I'll need it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, which is and, great. Uh, oh, I I loved that moment. Yeah, where they directly parody. It's like a mixture between Men in Black and James bond and mission impossible mm-hmm. like where they, they get all the gadgets that yeah. was uh a lot of fun i enjoyed that sequence a lot and i remember that, that sequence and liking it from when i was a kid again the only things i remember um about this uh like when i was like watching it i would write down things and be like oh i remember that part i remember that joke and there wasn't much that i remembered perfectly outside from they have a house for some reason they need to sneak into a government base and Bobo the bear is mm-hmm. really funny. There's one bear that shines in this movie and it's not Fozzie. Weirdly. No, yeah, no, it is uh, a Bill Beretta's Bobo the bear who is still, yes, yeah, still great in this movie. I think you need that deadpan energy with the uh, speaking of cameos and human roles that haven't particularly aged well. Jeffrey Tambor is like now, <laughs> fully been canceled in a lot of, for a lot of things over the years. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> seeing him in here, I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. That would be almost not quite as bad, but that's like if we'd watch this movie and Kevin Spacey was playing that character or something, we're like, Ooh, Muppet, one, what did you do? Yeah. There's one thing with him as well where, um, Oh, he's doing some sort of check and he gets out a finger and a character's like, yeah, you better watch where you, you where the final destination of that <laughs> finger is. And I'm like, oh, this does not age well. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know. God. Um, Ugh. But, um, but I, I, I like one that that character is, I like, I don't know if I love the character of, of Edgar yeah uh, in this film, but I, I, because mostly because it's problematic now because of Jeffrey Tambor, but I love that, 
he feels like he, the parallels between him and Gonzo, he feels like he's perceived as a freak, as like someone that doesn't belong, someone that Mm. doesn't fit in. So I love that they, they kind of draw those parallels and, uh, and yeah, Jeffrey Tambor responds with anger and rage and for like all these negative emotions. And meanwhile, Gonzo has found a family. I think that that's, that's really cool. And one movie that, that I've watched a million times this year, because again, I have small children, uh, (laughs) is Sonic the Hedgehog two. And there's a scene in there with (laughs) Knuckles and Sonic where they, they've gone through like all this tragedy and they've lost their, their, you know, their, their families on their, on their home planet and all this. And Knuckles is like, how do you do this? How could you, you know, you seem so hopeful and optimistic. And he's like, Oh, I found other people. Like I, I found, you know, I found other people to, to belong with and stuff. And so I, I love that this movie sort of highlights the difference between that kind of treatment that they have received and how they've dealt with it and sort of, uh, you know, contrasts them yeah. in that way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like as well how his character gets, I mean, not necessarily redeemed at the end, but he gets a nice ending. You know, he becomes yeah. the uh, the political envoy for Earth, even though <laughs> no one on Earth knows that he's the political envoy, so technically he wouldn't really be of any use in negotiations. But, you know, he's up there in space. It's great. I he like get, that ending. Yeah, he gets, to, he gets to hang out with the other uh, the other Gonzo. Uh, we never get a species name for the aliens, but no. with the other aliens. They name him... Uh, they name him Zongo, I believe. Uh, so he gets his like little uh, close encounters moment at the end to go with the aliens. Uh, oh, and there's I love that as well. How yeah, like at the very yeah. end, he just breaks out into the Star Trek speech. <laughs> there, there are so many little nods to Star Trek. Like I said, Independence Day, Men in Black, and yeah. uh, no Stargate encounters. though. That's my ninety. No, no Stargate. no Stargate. Yeah, that's Stargate. true. I love that's Stargate. true. Do I? I don't think I do actually, but it's a show that I watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I don't. Uh, I think this might have predated the shows. When were the shows? When did the shows start? When was I'm, I'm Stargate sure SG One um, in '98? Okay, I think, or maybe '97. Because that movie did okay, but it was. I think it's it's grown over the years as like a cult classic. The film definitely because of the show. It was in '95. Yeah. yeah. And not because the show is good, just because there's so many episodes of the show that, that it was always on. Well, so people and there's that like two or three spinoffs, right? Didn't they just keep going? And they're like, yeah. now it's Stargate Atlantis. And now it's this. And I'm like, geez. I didn't Stargate's mind Atlantis. Like it's not good, but I didn't mind Atlantis uh, right. the first time I watched it. I never saw Universe. That was like the edgy grown up. Uh, we've got sex in our show now version of Stargate, right. uh, which I never really got into. <laughs> But yeah, so I, th- I think at the time, Stargate was probably too, a uh, little too obscure yeah. for the, the the Muppets to to comment on. But you do get like the Close Encounters, the lady with the, the mashed potato pile that's shaped like Gonzo <laughs> and all that other yeah. stuff. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting that in this Muppet movie, there's this like, these group of like conspiracy theorists, like followers just like camping outside the, what I'm, what I've just decided to call the Muppet house. Um, I, what, what do you think about that whole plot line? Like with the way that he leaks the, uh, well, he, he kind of announces, he doesn't even leak. He uh, announces the, their, their address on national yep. television. Cause he's gone drawn there by it's a real series of misadventures that lead to this movie happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's drawn there because he picks up the signal of the, the television broadcasts uh, and that tells him where to go. And it's like, <laughs> okay, movie. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Uh, it's such, it's such a, it's like a, um, it's like an X-Files kind of series of coincidences, except 
you know that that it's all you know it's all like yeah it's just the tv <laughs> and stuff like that which i really really uh enjoyed uh and then there's of course there's the moment where they're like build the jacuzzi and they will come um which is <laughs> field of dreams reference yeah a field of dreams reference again something that kids actually i, I think kids might might get i don't think anyone's going back and rewatching field of dreams now but that line for some reason has managed to uh to stick around <laughs> so well, that might it, actually be the reference that holds up the best in this movie <laughs> It might be. That might be. No, I, I, what makes it so funny is, uh, Pepe's delivery. Cause he always adds the okay at the end. Mm. It's like build the jacuzzi and they will come. Okay. <laughs> um, so like I, I, a lot of Pepe's, uh, again, like we were saying, it's such a breakout from this movie. Mm. Uh, whether you, it sounds like, I know you're not as hot on Pepe, but Pepe, Pepe, oh, but, like, but Pepe is hot on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, he is. He sure is. Um, but Pepe brings such a different energy to it. And like you were saying, weirdly, like you were saying with Stargate, like the grown up version, like Pepe is like a little edgier. He's a little yeah. more modern. He's a little, uh, you know, a little more on the, um, a little more where the other, where the Muppets used to be in the earlier films, a little more like on the cusp of, is that appropriate for a kid's movie? You know, yeah. that kind of, he's right on that line a little bit in a way that some of the other characters have gotten sanded down a little over time, especially under the, under the Disney regime, mm-hmm. under the mouse. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, y- you get, you get Pepe coming in here and bringing sort of a, uh, a, a new spin to the Muppets. Uh, yeah. As it were. Yeah. He, he's where he's cross-dressing in this movie. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of, no, no shame. I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah. He's, that's new for the Muppets. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the joke when he's, uh, they all have the invisible invisibility spray on mm-hmm. and they walk, <laughs> he walks past the guards and he's like, smoking is very bad for you. Okay. And the other guy's like, I didn't know you cared. Throws the <laughs> cigarette down and, and, and yeah. stomps it out. I thought that was that was really little the little throwaway gags like that. I think are some of sometimes where the Muppets really shine. Yeah, I think yeah, no, like he's he's great in this movie. I um I think a lot of it is just I haven't watched the the the, the Muppet content where Pepe is like a big part of it. Uh, right. in a while i just don't really go back to that stuff but i think he's yeah. he's funny in this and yeah like he you know he does as you mentioned kind of take over that role that rizzo was in the 80s you know a little bit more on the edge i guess um and he works quite well in this movie i i i i want to talk about fozzy bear let's do it is he funny in this <laughs> Or is he's not joke? really no. it, the weird thing. I, I love Fozzie. I think yeah. because Fozzie cares a lot, tries really hard, doesn't always get there. I think we're all, you know, Muppet fans are generally like, Oh, I feel you. We, it doesn't always work out for us either. You know, he's the, he's, he, he's starts in very humble place in their Muppet movie, at least, mm-hmm. at least looking at the movies and yeah. kind of uh, is super loyal to Kermit. So that friendship is, I think a big, foundation for the this franchise but yeah in this movie he feels of all the the people on the mission like i just said that go to covenant i feel like he's the one with the least to do like his big thing is using the invisibility spray and then going to the bathroom and washing his hands and then having his hands float around yeah Uh, and And that's his big gag i I guess (laughs) yeah Yeah. um (laughs) it's it's an odd one i i guess because fuzzy is such a performative character like fuzzy shines either in those 
like more sweeter friendship, emotional roles that he has with Kermit, which isn't in this movie because they aren't main right. characters. Uh, or when he's on stage doing stand-up or working off a guest. I think those are where Fozzie shines. So you've kind of got this action comedy movie without it, w- without any songs or performative aspects and without a story arc with him and Kermit. So he's just kind of left as, I guess he's got to make a couple jokes. Let's just kind of ignore him for most of this. <laughs> kind of but feels he's got like to be the there. Yeah. He's got to be there. It's like, uh, it's sort of how looking back, like the, the Avengers lineup, Captain America in that movie, he's like, just like, yeah, I'm here because I'm Captain America, but his personality wasn't too fine tuned enough yet yeah. at that point. That was like exactly. the winter soldier and, and so on that kind of heightened that character here. Fozzie's just like, he's there. Cause he's gotta be there. Cause he's Fozzie. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise people would be like, where the hell's my Fozzie bear? I need my Fozzie fix. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> they don't, but they don't come up with much for him to do. Uh, which is a little, which is a bit of a bummer, especially considering that I, Frank Oz, I think did that character too. And yeah, this was his last contribution to the Muppets and you didn't really give Fozzie anything, you know, at least Miss Piggy has like a whole fight sequence and she's got a whole subplot, like yes. about the, 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 you know, covering, you know, taking Andy McDowell's job and, uh, <laughs> and covering the, the, everyone waiting outside is like, the mood is, you know, whatever. My hair looks great. And was giving us the update. So Piggy <laughs> yeah. has Piggy has a lot of fun stuff to do here. Like mm. you said with Ray Liotta. But yeah, Fozzie Bear, yeah, everybody, I don't know. They just forgot to give him something like to drive his character. Yeah, unfortunately doesn't get much in this movie, which is a shame. Uh, but then again, he does in the Disney films. They really brought him back for that. And I think he's yeah quite good in those. Um, he's one of those characters... Almost the same as Miss Piggy, where for me, obviously, I love Frank Oz's voice for those characters, but other people can really do those voices well, particularly Fozzie. I think uh, with future iterations of Fozzie, it never really sounds like someone's doing an impression like with Kermit. Mm. It always feels more like, oh, yeah, it's just Fozzie. Yeah, that's what Fozzie said. I think yeah. it's because it's a little, it comes like little from more from like the, it's like a little deeper and like guttural, like, ah, you know, it's easier to kind of see. I kind of did a half decent yeah. Fozzie thing, but like good. maybe because Kermit is a higher pitch. It's, I don't know. It's harder to, to replicate that. I'm not sure. I'm not a voice actor, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I play one on TV. No, but I, um, but I, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's, if you get a general sense of Fozzie and Piggy's voice, it, it's close enough that people just mm. you know, look past it. But everyone's got that image in their head of Kermit with his banjo singing Rainbow Connection. And if you exactly. don't hit that, it's like, it's a high bar uh, yeah. that, you know, there's only, there's only one Jim Henson. So everyone, you can, every, anyone that tries, it's just going to be living in the shadow of Jim Henson. And that character is the, you know, emblematic of this brand he's the he's the the leader he's the mascot of essentially of the muppet studios thing like the logo for a long time was kermit's face yeah. so yeah. it's you know it, 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 it he's held to a higher standard i think and uh i i, I like that that we get fozzy in here with kermit and with piggy but i like like we said i i wish fozzy was had something they gave all this all the funny stuff to all the like goofy stuff to pepe and uh yeah and uh, an animal even and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. I watched this movie like in the last week or so yeah. to prepare for this episode. And I'm in my head trying to review what Fozzie does. And that's all I got is the hand washing thing. I 
think it's like mom said no exceptions yeah i mean there's probably some stuff in the opening sequence in the house but that's all uh i'm him in the shower i think oh yeah like even a raincoat or whatever yeah that was good (laughs) for me like that opening sequence i see swedish chef and i'm like oh that defines the scene for me now. So yep. Yep. <laughs> everything else kind of gets uh, kind of gets overpowered by the genius that will always be Swedish Chef. <laughs> uh, not in that it's now. I loved. I was. Swedish I was going to say. I was just going to say. I was not that I'm the hugest fan of Muppets now. I think again at this point, after it's Muppets Most Wanted was 2014. That was eight years ago. Wow. Uh, so at this point, we're just like, give us Muppet content. Yep. something so when muppets now dropped i think we're all like all right i'll take it <laughs> um so there, well, we are I getting think the, the um the ele- uh the electric mayhem show yes, thing which absolutely is gonna that's gonna be interesting um that's, i i hope I, it's good i really hope it's i good. i do too I, it's i i think them taking the focus off of again kermit and fozzy and piggy i think is is a, is a smart move. And the electric mayhem, the, some of those characters, those characters are always sort of on their periphery. We've, yeah. we've never really put like, what's Zoot's story? I don't know. Let's find out. Like, yeah. well, give me some more Floyd and some more Janice and, you know, I, I Dr. Teeth, of course, like I love all those guys. So to see more of them, I think is, is a good idea. Uh, but, but the parts of the Muppets now that really worked the most for me, mm-hmm. I think were the, the Swedish chef segments. There were yeah. the, either the Swedish chef doing like the, the cooking show sort of parody, uh, and then there was a couple with Doc Bunsen, Honeydew, Doctor, and uh, and Beaker. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. guys doing their thing, doing their experiments, their tests, that kind of stuff. I think worked much better than uh, the Kermit and Piggy and Gonzo stuff. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else was funny in that. The Piggy stuff was alright, but I think that's just because I like Miss Piggy. So yeah, her when she gets to fight. <laughs> the fight scene in this movie is funny. I yeah. like. I like that. Yeah. Um, and also on the topic of like what universe is this in? What timeline is this in? She's bad at being a news presenter in this one. Where usually <laughs> she gets stage the, fright. Yeah, she she gets stage fright here in front yeah. of cameras. I'm that's not, not sure. That's not the Miss Piggy we know. What is this well, version of Miss Piggy? Uh, but Miss Piggy who's arguing to do more to do more songs during the the Muppet Show. That's the Miss Piggy we remember. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so no, she gets the whole fight. The whole fight when she's getting, uh, she's fighting the Josh Charles uh, character, and he's like punching her, and she's like, "Is that the best you got? Is that all you got?" Is that that was pretty funny. <laughs> I do I do like that. And then of course Miss Piggy gets it together and uh, hiya uh, hiya's his ass like he, like she does. Yeah, we get a, a rare movie appearance from Clifford, who is the the big red, the big red guy with the with the. I guess they're supposed to be dreadlocks. I don't know, but the, <laughs> the Muppet with dreadlocks is what it looks like. Uh, and he was on Muppets from uh, Muppets Tonight. Uh, I think that's Kevin Clash does that character. Uh, uh, who also yes. used to do Elmo. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he, I think this might be the only movie he has any lines in. Of any of the Muppet stuff, because he was oh, yeah, relatively he does have new lines. at this point. Yeah, I, I I can't think of... I mean, it would be weird if he's in Treasure Island. Yeah. I, I can't... Yeah, I don't... I think you're right. I think it's only this in terms of the movies. Because he doesn't show up in the Disney ones. 
I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think in like in any group shots or anything necessarily. Yeah. If he does, it's like at the beginning when they're doing the theme song and he's one of the many. Yeah. uh, Kind of on the stage or whatever. But yeah, even then, I don't think so. Uh, I love one that never shows up again either is Brian Henson's uh, talking sandwich. (laughs) Yes, that's true. More talking sandwich. I love the. I love all the weird supernatural stuff. I love the, the talking sandwich. I love the. Are you three? The one that's misspelled. I think that's really funny. (laughs) That was a good joke. (laughs) (laughs) We are. This one says, are you three? But we assume that we assume that to be nothing but the simple spelling error, Um, (laughs) which is, that's a great moment. Uh, I love the cosmic fish, the, the knowledge fish. That was, that was great. At first I, I wasn't sure what the accents were. I was like, is this problematic? And maybe it is. Um, but it's a, it's a fun sequence. Very Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I thought. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely. Uh, and I, and I love that this movie is so committed to almost, uh, almost completely funk soundtrack. Like this is just, Mm. you know, uh, the Commodores and and Parliament Funk. Like it's, it's all like, it's all Shining Star, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and even at the end we get Celebration by yeah. Cool and the Gang, performed by uh, the the, the Gon- uh, Gonzo aliens, uh, <laughs> the Gonzalians. I'm going to name them Gonzalians. for the purposes of this episode. Um, yeah. I, I, do you think that that genre of what do you think was the thought process behind putting that genre of music on this movie? Do you think it fits with the sci-fi theme, or do you think it fits with Gonzo uh, specifically? I think I would say Gonzo specifically, yeah, because I mean, sci-fi funk, I don't really see the connection necessarily between the two, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Men in Black had a pretty like hip-hoppy kind of soundtrack, yeah. so yeah, but I I loved the um, the soundtrack here, I mean, mainly because they're all songs that I listen to in my everyday day life anyway, yeah. is this sort they're of great music, song. So, yeah, no. <laughs> It's good. Does My it date only... the movie? Maybe. Is there a song by Wayne that might not work? <laughs> yeah. Is it cut from... I think that Wayne song is even cut from the soundtrack, isn't it? It, it doesn't show up on the soundtrack. It week. might be, yeah. Yeah. It might what be. A, what a... Yeah. I, uh, good on you, Wayne. I mean, <laughs> it's my only issue with the music is that it's not sung by Muppets. Yes. Uh, that's that's the thing. We, we, on this on on franchise detours a lot of times it's all about like what is this franchise? What is this this what is this brand this franchise? What are the hallmarks of it? And for the Muppets I feel like one of them is having it be a musical. This is the only one of these eight movies that is not driven by Muppets performing music. We get Brick House which is really them kind of lip syncing along with the Commodores yep. uh or dancing to and then uh the celebration number at the end and everything else is just uh, you know, again, again, pre-existing songs laid over the soundtrack, uh, laid over the, yeah. the movie. Which, not complaining. I'll take I'll take Earth, Wind, and Fire wherever I can get it. But it's I mean, yeah, yeah. Apparently, there's an update of um the track Flashlight, which includes Pepe's voice singing with George Clinton. But I don't I, I don't think I that's even like that, in the movie. I think that's only it on might the be in the credits. Or oh, maybe it's the credit song. Yeah. And there's also just to point this out because I love the way that it's sort of 
harkens back to the first movie. Obviously the, the canon or the continuity for these movies doesn't <laughs> exist, which is part of why it's so fun to talk about them. Be like, all right, today's episode, Piggy is a journalist kind of, <laughs> yeah. she's a coffee pig working. Like, does they not, is she, is she miss Piggy that we know? And if so, why is she working as a coffee pig exactly. uh, at a TV station? Like I'm confused <laughs> by this movie. Explain yourself. Um, is that, on the soundtrack, there's like a new, uh, they, I don't know, like a new version of I'm going to go back there someday, which is the song that Gonzo performs in the Muppet movie. Oh yeah. What I love is that that's, first of all, that song, that's a beautiful song. And I love mm. uh, that scene from the, I, but I, I love everything about the Muppet movie, the first one. Of course. Uh, but I, I love that that scene sort of retroactively fits with what we learn about Gonzo in this movie, because in that film, he's standing there looking out at the stars and wondering about what else out there is out there in the universe. And they kind of like, he's, he's reflecting on what is beyond essentially. And yeah. so the fact that this movie comes in exactly 20 years later and it's like, guess what? He's an alien. He's from there. He's <laughs> that's why he never feels like he belongs. That's why maybe he's always looking for something more because he comes, he's not from this planet. And so I love that, that sort of, uh, in hindsight ties yeah. back to, uh, to the first film. But, but that's also the thing is Gonzo really an alien or is that just this movie? Did they, oh, yeah. did Gonzo yeah. write a movie about himself and was like, well, in this one, I'm going to be an alien. And, and the Muppets were like, well, I guess we'll make it. We're now sell out. You just blew my mind, Sandro. I thought the canon was already, I thought yeah. the Muppet canon, air quotes, was already convoluted enough. Now I'm like, oh, that's a good point. And the other thing is that this movie came <laughs> out, did okay with critics, did not do great at the uh, box office. Mm. And then I don't, I don't know if it's been referenced in any form of Muppet media after this that Gonzo's an alien. Like, right. I don't think it's, I think yeah. they just reverted back to the whatever thing because this, this movie didn't do that well. So they were just like, okay, well, we'll just pretend that didn't happen, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting that it didn't do well either. I mean, 99 was a crowded year for movies. So yeah, it, it would take a lot for a movie to do a you know, to do well in that year. But even like for a Muppets movie to bomb as hard as this one did is, is impressive. I don't think it even made its budget back initially. No. I don't think so. I'm uh, I'm sure they made some of it back because people like you and I had the VHS. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's one that like today, if this was coming out, this would have gone straight to Disney Plus or whatever. Like they mm -hmm. wouldn't even bother. Uh, yeah. I, see the the Haunted Mansion film from uh, last year for for further uh, for further detail. But yeah, <laughs> it's um, there's a lot of stuff in here I, I do enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I want to run through a, a few things real fast. Obviously, uh, I, I love that it, it talks about, I think there's even a line at some point where Gonzo says something like, oh, you know, I didn't choose to be this way or like whatever, which I thought was... Oh, yes. I wrote that down. It was, um, yeah, I didn't choose to be an alien. I just am. I always have had alien tendencies. Yeah. Was and I thought that like... The thing is that I, I find fascinating about these movies is yes, they're, they're for kids, they're for families. There's all this humor and stuff, but the way it handles big things in delicate ways, I think that's that, that sentiment you can apply to I'm queer or I am whatever. I feel my, I feel like I don't belong and it is who I am. It's not because I've made the decision consciously to be that way. Mm -hmm. That's just me being me. And Gonzo is, I think sort of aspirational in a lot of ways for people because 
he has always sort of owned that about himself. It's like, yeah, mm. I like chickens. What up? Yeah. <laughs> I like cannons. What up? Yeah. Like blowing things up. And I have crazy ideas yeah. that maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work, but I'm going to find out. And there's something ambitious about that sort of brazenness where you're like, man, I wish, you know, I wish, uh, I wish God, I could kind of um, embrace that mindset a little bit more in my day-to-day life to be like, hey, maybe not about something crazy like Gonzo, but the fact that he so blindly pursues his goals, I think that's, mm. that's, that's a really sweet and uplifting part of that character. And the fact that he acknowledges, hey, this is just me being me. I don't know I, where I came from. is not, you know, you know, if, if you could apply that to someone who is adopted or whatever, like this is why I am where I am. I didn't choose to be here. And, and I love that line. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Uh, I noticed the uh, there's no humans on the Muppet side this time. I think this is the first movie where there's no humans on the Muppet, like fighting with the Muppets for something. It's literally every person they encounter is an obstacle, which I yeah. thought was interesting. That is uh, true. It's all Muppets be humans, basically. Uh, That's a good the, idea for uh, a movie. The end of Muppets <laughs> Phase Six: Muppets versus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, don't don't give Disney any ideas. Um, <laughs> the fact that the invisibility spray was in a rubber ducky, it felt a little. Uh, it felt like a little bit of a nod to Ernie from Sesame Street, which was also voiced by Jim Henson oh, at one point. So yeah, I, yeah. I like I appreciated that little that little nod, whether it was intentional or not. It's kind of hard to imagine it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, the the line where the doctor is like is about to uh, you know scratch, suck his brain down. What not not suck his brain? What is he gonna do? I forget. He's about uh, to do the procedure on Gonzo, and Gonzo's yeah. like, "Is this covered by my HMO?" Uh, I thought that those, those kinds of whenever the Muppets talk about real grown up adult life stuff, <laughs> yes. like, "Hey, is this covered by my insurance?" Or he's like asking about his nose and he's like yeah i had some flaking a few years ago like things like that uh, or even like miss piggy being like they're about to leave for their their mission and miss piggy's like i have to go pee and then runs away little things like that the little moments that make these characters i've said this most of these episodes i feel like it now but mm-hmm. little moments like that make these characters feel so much more real yeah to the point that like the illusion of the muppets actually existing on our world when they show up on a talk show or whatever uh, you're like, yeah, yeah, that makes, I'll allow it because I want yeah. to believe they're real because these movies ex- do, go to such extremes to, uh, to convince you that these are real creatures that exist in our world. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I love little, little touches like that. I definitely uh, agree. the way the Muppets, uh, not only go rescue and support Gonzo, even though they still don't believe him, it's, it's a, it's a, again, a really sweet message of sort of supporting the people in your life. And if you're like, I don't understand your choices or your lifestyle or who you are, it's your identity, et cetera. But they still go and save him and support him anyway. I think that's, that's a great message for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, of any other notes that I had here. I feel like we ran through most of them. Is there, is there anything about Muppets from space other than the title, which gives it away, <laughs> which <laughs> real ruins that there's, no, I feel like if they should have maybe, had a little more of a mystery here about Gonzo's origin. Yeah. And then had that be the thing that drove people to see it, maybe that would have boosted the box office numbers a bit. I know there was a, initially a version that was going to be called Muppets in space where that was like, that involved like alien abduction. And I'm like, I think it's better. They didn't do that. Uh, yeah. Any, and any from every the VHS cover was them in a flying car in space as well. Like the marketing yeah. was also a little all over the shop. Um, which is which is interesting. I'm looking through my notes. I don't. I, th- I think we've covered everything. I wrote down "ha ha ha." Was that a Twister reference? Uh, but I can't remember <laughs> what that's in reference to. 
Yeah, probably no with all the references in this movie it probably was it probably was a twister reference in there somewhere yeah muppets twister i'd watch that it's it's not a cow it's a chicken in that one yeah <laughs> watch out we got chickens oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that um, would be fun actually i'd watch that that would be it's still better uh, than independence day too Oh God! Anything's better than independent. What a God! That's, <laughs> That's terrible. And that that movie was so so bad that if I were to do a franchise, if I were to cover Independence Day, I might try someone. I might try and get someone on close watch because I don't want to rewatch this <laughs> resurgence. Because eh, God, yeah, yeah, I think I I I. Uh, that's a whole. That's a whole separate conversation. You can't just drop that in the middle of the episode. Yeah, Sandra. I'm sorry, sorry, my bad. Like Independence Day, oh, I'm having flashbacks. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, do uh, they, they do the Muppet Men thing in here where they go on top of each other's shoulders, which they do oh, yeah. in the next film as well. There's, there's a lot of things that are running. That's kind of a running thread through a lot of my notes where there's like the Zongo thing. There's the Muppet Man thing. There's things like that that I realize. They just use that again in the next movie or in the Muppets responded probably because they assume no, like anyone, but hardcore Muppet movies, nobody else saw this. Uh, <laughs> which, yeah. Which is, you know, they might that be happens right. every now and then. I mean, I'm sure, you know, like uh, that happened in like the Monty Python movies after the right. show, you know, for a whole new audience, we'll just redo this. The, uh, the montage song from team from, from, from team America originated in, in an episode of South Park that no one remembers. <laughs> it's like workshopping ideas and then, yeah. you know, coming back around with it. Uh, and then the only other thing I had really was the, uh, the, the, the big, the, the climax of the movie when mm. he's chooses not to go with them. Yeah. Uh, I, I really love, like it's cathartic for me as a longtime Muppet fan to see Gonzo realize where he comes from and knowing that, that like he says farewell, he says goodbye to everyone. And it's this really kind of heartfelt moment uh, where again, on some level, you know, Gonzo's not going anywhere, but just the idea of the Muppets being separated. And for me, having connected with these characters as a kid, I did the episode on Muppets take Manhattan and there's a whole, there's a whole montage song of everyone saying goodbye and going on trains and like going their separate ways Yep. And it destroyed me <laughs> watching it even now. I'm like, no, you can't do that. Especially that's the last one with Jim Henson yeah. as Kermit. And I'm like, so you apply that to what happened in real life soon after. And it's, yeah. it's a whole new level of sad. Uh, but I love that, that, that moment that they're like, Kermit's like, Oh, you know, we love you Gonzo. Uh, and he, but he gets that closure and he, you know, he has reached sort of a, a level of self-acceptance. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. okay, I know where I came from now. I can, you know, I can move past that and I can know that I have family out there somewhere, even if now my home is with the Muppets. I love that. Yeah. And then the Muppets, the Muppets aren't the Muppets without Gonzo. No, exactly. And I think that's a really great way to end this movie. I can't see any other way to end this film, really. They kind of nailed the final act there. Also, that spaceship looked great. I mean, we mentioned the goo yeah. earlier. Uh, a little bit of early VFX there doesn't look amazing, but the effect of this giant spaceship landing—I assume it was probably a miniature um, and probably, then and yeah. then a set—but uh, that looked fantastic. I did not not believe for a second that that wasn't a real spaceship that landed on Cape Doom. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they also lead up to it with the the little egg. 
And then uh, Rizzo, I think, is complaining about it. He's like, all this time and our little egg, and that's just the yeah. beacon to get the ship to land. I thought that was a really fun misdirect. That wasn't believable for me at all, though, because as we all know <laughs> in sci-fi, as soon as an egg, as soon as you see an egg from space, you've got to put your face over it. You've got to put your face yeah, right exactly. over it. So, you know, no one did that. In case there's any little creatures that want to jump up on you. Exactly, Uh, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So now that we've had all this deep dive talk about Muppets from Space, what do you consider, what is the the legacy of the Muppets movie franchise? What is the, you know, what is the, what does it contribute to cinema in your, in your uh, opinion? Oh, I mean, they're proof that, like, I mean, they're proof that practical effects are good, but they're also proof that like like puppets in 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 entertainment in general, I think is necessary. It's great. It's a great form of entertainment that people just don't really appreciate that much. And I mean, we've got like those three original movies. They're fantastic. And you can just like watch them and be like, this is an amazing combination of like live action people mm-hmm. and and puppets and it's super meta. It's just like, it's pure entertainment. It's not really trying to tell you anything except when it is. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a defunct statement, um, but, but like, <laughs> but it, but it never talks down to, to uh, adults or kids that are watching. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's all like speaking true and, and, and always positive themes and messages, but under the, but you know, in an entertaining way, never just like, all right, now kids, this is, this is the lesson. Like it's, it's, it goes down smooth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's also like so wholesome and also genuine, like the content, like Kermit is such a genuine character. And I think that that's maybe why Disney doesn't know what to do with them because Disney's not genuine at all. So <laughs> they probably don't know how to make the Muppets work. Um, I mean, as we saw with Muppets now, they were like, we'll turn them all into annoying influences. <laughs> so, you know, but I think, yeah, like the, 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 the Muppets, they're incredibly wholesome. It's just such a great, and like, it's not, it's not necessarily, they're, fu- they're funny, but they're also incredibly wholesome. And I think that they, kind of capture that really well. A lot of comedies tried to have heart to them, um, but they never really work. Whereas the one with all the puppets in it has more heart out of most of the comedies with just people. And I find yeah. that, you know, really fun. And also just in terms of like musicals on screen, they are some of the best musicals we'll ever get with some of the best songs and best musical numbers. I know we just talked about one that doesn't include any of that, but as a legacy, I think. <laughs> well, like we said, we yeah. started the whole episode being like, this is the outlier for the whole franchise. <laughs> this is the one like black sheep that doesn't fit in so many regards. Yeah. And then we spent over an hour talking about why people should still watch it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> so. um, but yeah, j- j- just pure entertainment. Uh, it's fun for all ages and Muppets forever. You know? Muppets Forever. Hashtag Muppets, Muppets Forever. forever. <laughs> That'll be one of the next movies that they do. Muppets uh, Muppets Forever, Muppets and Robin. Who knows at the home? Whatever. Muppets and Robin. Oh. oh, no. I mean, I'd watch that actually. They have a Robin. <laughs> they have their own Robin. They could just they throw us off and then have it be this Robin. I don't care. I would, I or would Robin. Robin's though. like this. <laughs> yeah, I would. 
if um, Warner Brothers gets acquired by Disney somehow, we get Muppets, Batman, and Robin. I don't know who'd play who. Maybe Piggy's Batman. I don't know. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not getting a Batgirl movie, apparently. No, according apparently to not. Warner Brothers. So they give us Bat Pig or something. I'll watch it. <laughs> Bat Pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and I, and I love that you that you that you opened your your uh, your statement there with pointing out all the, obviously the practical effects and stuff, because mm. I do think, and this is something I keep reiterating on this, on this mega series is that these movies, especially those first three that you mentioned are such technical achievements. Oh yeah. Like I think people forget that, you know, the first movie they they, uh, Kermit on the bike blew people's minds. Then the second one, they're like, guess what? They're all on bikes now. What up? <laughs> you know? And so the, the fact that they find new ways to sort of make them, feel uh real and tangible and, and interacting with the outside environment i think is really cool yeah all right i exactly. i i need to hear your ranking because there are eight of these so we might be here a while you can go best worst whatever however you want to go um oh i feel like if i start from worst i'm launching into my controversial opinions straight off the bat because Ooh, okay if i'm going from worst and again this might be a hot take but muppets treasure island it's yeah. going to be my least favorite. I just, for me, Treasure Island and Christmas Carol, uh, and Christmas uh, and Christmas Carol will be a lot higher on the list, but mm-hmm. they just weren't really ones that I returned to a lot. And that might just be me. I, you know, Christmas isn't really something that I care about in general. <laughs> Fair. I never have. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, that's kind of the reason why I never really returned to Christmas Carol. But for me with Treasure Island as well, I was like, yeah, I don't, I watched it once. It was all right. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not one that I returned to maybe because I'm just so familiar with so many different versions of the Treasure Island story as well. Mm-hmm. Like I already know that basically back to front that entire story. So yeah, but that would be on the bottom of my list. That's interesting that you say that because on the episode for, for Muppet Treasure Island, my guests and I talked about how we think there, we haven't really seen a lot of Treasure Island stuff. And so for us, Muppet Treasure Island is one of the main Treasure Islands. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them, but yeah, Muppets, Muppets Treasure Island in particular, maybe because it's such a watered down version of, I do love Tim Curry as long as that was, I'm going to restate, restate this. I enjoy all of these movies mm, to yeah, varying degrees. I would also have Muppet Treasure Island last place. <laughs> I can't uh, remember any songs from it. I mean, Hans Zimmer did the score, I think. So it's a kind of cool, like pre-Pirates, pirate score right. from him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that would be at the bottom of my list. Then I'll put Most Wanted, uh, purely because I don't like Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's all over that thing. So that's that's totally understandable. Yeah, I love Tina Fey though. She's great in that movie, uh, and definitely one of the standouts. And they captured the Muppets uh, vibe really well. And I love uh, heist slash crime related stuff, but uh, Ricky Gervais. Uh, so that would be <laughs> my second, um, my second least favorite. Then I might go Muppets from Space. It's it's mm, it's between Muppets from Space and Christmas Carol. Okay. For that, uh, for that next spot, I might, I might go purely because I've seen it more recently. Christmas Carol than Muppets from Space, from worst to best. 
Again, I don't really return to Christmas Carol a lot. For me, the definitive version of the Christmas Carol story is the Doctor Who special <laughs> from <laughs> 2010 or 11, I think it was. Um, I love that version. And that, um, that, that that's the one that I've returned to the most. Again, it's purely because I didn't watch it much as a kid. I always right. kind of went for the older ones over that. Um, well, it's, it's, it's also, whenever I do rankings, I always try and, and uh, distinguish between best and favorite. Like mm. every like best, what does that even mean? That's an opinion, first of all. And favorite just means these are the ones that resonate the most with me. And so the fact that Christmas Carol wasn't your thing, that's yeah. I mean, that's everybody's uh, everybody has a different experience. So I mean, that's that's totally fair. If, yeah. Uh, if if you gravitated more towards uh, other Muppet stuff, that's why it's great that there's so much Muppet content out there. There's something for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much on this list, and it really is like. The original trilogy, then two movies, and then space, and then the two Disney ones, just like Chucky there. Four different eras, really. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to rank them. Why are you making me do this? Uh, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Christmas Carol, then Muppets from Space, because I do, I did really enjoy that on the rewatch. Then it would be 2011's The Muppets, which is incredibly wholesome. I love that movie as like a, as, I mean, as a... What's the word? As a musical, it's great. <laughs> um, and no. Amy Adams performing alongside the Muppet cast will always hold a place in yeah. my heart, I think. It's so good. Plus, there's no Ricky Gervais, so you don't have to worry about that. Plus, no Ricky Gervais. And Disney, I mean, their their name's all over it, but uh, it doesn't feel as Disney as that the, that sequel i think i don't mm. know there's something about that sequel that's very disney and i quite like the original songs in that movie as well i think they're really fun yeah yeah Man, i have i have yeah. i really like muppets most i really like both of those disney ones mm-hmm. uh i have issues with both of them i have different issues with both of them yeah uh, my issue with most wanted is that it feels like a pastiche of two of the three movies you're about to mention. Uh, and it yes. just feels like they were like, what if we take all this cool stuff from Great Muppet Caper and we take all this cool stuff from Muppets Take Manhattan? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So things like that, where I was like, ah, the stuff that's new, I love, but the stuff that's remixed, it's like hit and miss for me. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's always kind of going to happen with a soft reboot as well, um, which is a shame. Although I don't even know if... The Muppets uh, 2011 and then like Most Wanted, if they work as a soft reboot, I don't know if they really introduced many kids to the world of Muppets either because it kind of feels like they were more loved by people who are fans of the older movies so maybe that was the that was the maybe that was the problem with them in a way is that they brought people that love the muppets back to the muppets but they didn't grow the fan base which is mm. why now they're like i don't know a, a sitcom and a, a web series and <laughs> yeah. you know so maybe just doing muppet themed whatever haunted mansion and things like maybe doing some specials like that kind of how uh disney plus is doing all these lego star wars oh yeah halloween theme the holiday thing summer vacation like they're just like i don't know uh maybe that's just a way to kind of get the muppets back in rotation a little is just doing some muppet versions of disney properties yeah which yeah 
Muppets versus Predator. It worked with Archie. Archie versus Predator was a great comic. Yeah. So let's have the yeah. Muppets go against I would, the Predator. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Alien versus Predator versus Miss Piggy. <laughs> Animal versus Predator. There you go. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, <laughs> and then for the final three, for the top three, it's, I mean, it's kind of the reverse order of release. It would be the Muppets take Manhattan, which is great. I really enjoy it. Uh, I love, I think out of all of the Muppet movies, that one's got my favorite musical sequences, not necessarily songs, because that first mm-hmm. movie has probably the best written songs, but the musical Absolutely. sequences in Muppets, in Muppets Take Manhattan are, are wonderful. And it's also incredibly dark, like Kermit gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. whoa. There's, a, there's an amnesia plot line in the, right, <laughs> yeah. resulting from the, from the car accident. And like, yeah, they... they like I said, they break up. The Muppets break up for like mm-hmm. midway through the movie, and it's just yeah. that's a lot for a small child to take. Um, it is, or it's or a, a or a thirty or a thirty something year old man. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> either one. And uh, yeah, the owner of the diner. You got Jenny in there as well. Like really solid human cast for that one as well. Yes, um, definitely. Oh, oh, actually, is it? I you know what? I might actually put Muppets movie second. I might put Muppet oh. movie second because. I love it, but the one I go back to the most is the Mu- is the Great Muppet Caper. So I think that's actually going to take number one for me. Okay, maybe because like as a comedy, I think it's funnier. But as I mentioned earlier, the Muppets isn't all about comedy. But that that film is almost entirely hits. Like yeah, the comedy in that movie is great, and I and I love heist movies. So you know what. For the sake of controversial content <laughs> for your podcast, I will put Great Muppet Caper number one, the Muppet movie number two. Uh, so that would be my list, I think. <laughs> nice. I appreciate your service, uh, Sandra, <laughs> for doing so. No, um, no, I'm I, all about the content. Yeah, I think the Great, the great Muppet Caper is is a good pick. Uh, I think uh, that for those first three, like those are those are all those are all pretty much bangers. Uh, yeah, I think. Great Muppet Caper is ironically the one that I've seen the least of okay. those three, but it, I feel like I, I owe it. Even though I watched it for this podcast, I'm like, people really love this thing. I need to give. For some reason, it never it never gets quite up there to the level of the other two for me. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot. Even though objectively, I'm watching it and I'm like, this is all cool. Look at look at what it's pulling off. Like this yeah. is a this really impressive number, and you know the, the jokes are really hitting and all this other stuff. Uh, why is it? And I think it's just because because it's that nostalgia factor. It's like you and Christmas Carol. I've seen that a million times, and so I for the last thirty years. So I have a an emotional connection to that. That meanwhile, Muppet Caper, I saw as a kid here and there, and over the years here and there. But like, it's probably the one. Honestly, it's probably the one. It's that and Treasure Island that I've seen the least mm. of these. Uh, which is nothing against the movie. It's just like so that it's just a testament to I think how much your love of the Muppets is defined by, you know, what your, what your entry point was for the Muppets, what you rewatched a bunch as a kid yeah. for the Muppets. But the, my love for the Muppets as a brand is so strong that it's like, I can't divorce myself from the ones that I, I watched uh, on repeat for so many years. So, yeah. 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 I don't think there's 
any Muppet property outside of Muppets now that I would say I dislike. Granted, I haven't seen Wizard of Oz. So yeah, that's that's that that's the one for me. Is Wizard of Oz. <laughs> like Muppets Now is fine. Like a lot of them are either fine to good to masterful, which is yeah. where I'd put the you know the, the original Muppet movie uh, is, is more than more than anything. I feel like that's like the high watermark for the franchise. Uh, but there's no wrong answer. Like I said a, a few times, there's these are all fun movies and they all have Muppets in them. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, just by, by sheer virtue of having the Muppets, they're better than 90% of other movies. Exactly. In my opinion. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, this has been so much fun, Sandra. I'm so glad we were able to make this happen. Uh, Let people know where they can find you on social media. Sure thing. Uh, well, I'm. I've. I've got my name as my uh, handle on Instagram and and Twitter. That's uh, Sandro Felcher. S A N D R O F A L C E on everything. Um, I've. I, I've got the podcast, Oldie But a Goodie. You've been on it a bunch of times. We did the Terminator. And we did uh, the Running Man last year at the start of October. You're back on it, so you're there back you on the show, which will be fun for an episode that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, yeah, that should be a fun one. That will be a fun one. Uh, and and oh, uh, I'm also on Twitch. I stream on Twitch. If if you like watching games um, on Twitch, I'm Sandro Felt Chair, as in F E L T C H A I R. Because uh, one time I was on the radio, I said my name. No one on the text line knew how to spell it, so they just said "felt chair," and it's oh boy, seven <laughs> years later, <laughs> I'm still going. It's not that hard. It's it's false, but with a, a C instead of an S. Exactly, exactly. So. Uh, but it gave me a good gamer tag, so I'm, I'm <laughs> there. You go. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, the podcast Oldie Buddy Goody. It's on everything. I've actually got a new podcast as well called. Aussie nerds talk stuff ants for short, which is uh kind of a we, we, we don't really have a release schedule, but we published every now and then just talking about new fun stuff. We talked about House of the Dragon. I uh, will probably talk about Rings of Power and uh, and you know whatever fun new stuff gets released. We'll probably get you on at some point as well uh, in the future. Absolutely uh, for I don't know Evil Dead Rises maybe <laughs> could be fun. Ooh yeah. <laughs> That's as people know, people listening to the show know I'm all about Evil Dead. So uh, definitely, uh, yeah. yeah. I saw your tweet teasing uh, a new podcast getting started. I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, so my co-host Reese and I we jumped on a Skype call and we were like, let's record something at House of the Dragon. Wait, what is this for? <laughs> and then we just came up with the podcast. <laughs> Once you have a podcast, you then have ideas for like six other podcasts and you have to prioritize how much time you can devote to these things. So yeah, no, super excited to hear the new show. And uh, this was a blast. Sandra will definitely, well, people will hear us talking on your show relatively soon, Mm -hmm. but we'll definitely have to have you back on, uh, on one of our shows again soon. So yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm surprised, uh, but very happy that we got to talk for so long about, I, I excel at dragging (laughs) these podcast conversations (laughs) off to longer than the movies they're covering often. Uh. It's always um, the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, we went on tangents and we're yeah. like, oh, what, what could the Muppets do? Or like, which voice of Kermit or whatever. And that, yeah. That's no, sometimes, that's sometimes that's where the real... Yeah. Ex- oh, God. Again? You bring it up again? No, no. Um, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, teasing. Um, um, a s- sticky note. Whenever you're recording with Robert, don't bring up Independence Day 2. <laughs>
big thanks to Sandro Fauci from Oldie But a Goodie for coming on to discuss 1999's Muppets from Space. As we mentioned, this is one of maybe a couple that have sort of become underrated in the Muppet movie canon. So I want to know, have you seen this thing? Would you recommend it? What, what do you think? This is the Muppets taking a risk as we got into in this episode, which I think makes this an interesting anomaly. So let me know what you think of Muppets from Space. You can find me on Twitter at Crooked Table. Same handle on Instagram or on email at robert at crookedtable.com. For now, that's a wrap on another Crooked Table production. We'll catch you at the next stop where we'll be discussing 2011's The Muppets. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. That's the yard of the little KED.